here we are at episode 13 of Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. I'm your host, Tammy Riley, and this week you're going to meet my dear friend Nadine Stewart. I'm super excited to have her here. I've been looking forward to this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, she is always one of my go-tos because... She's so wise, and you're going to hear from our conversation how thoughtful she is and and contemplative and the outlook that she's able to put on things. And it's very valuable in this time of need. And so as a pastor's wife, she does serve her community in a very unique way. So I'm really excited she was willing and had the time to have this conversation with me and so that all of you can take a bit of Nadine with you as well. So stay tuned for Living Well While Living Online. Welcome back, friends, to Living Well While Living Online. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Um, I'm really excited to share my good friend Nadine Stewart with you. Nadine and I have been friends for about the last 15 years. We met in our fitness career, so all of that will unravel and we'll we'll get to chat about that. as you probably know, I pre-record most of these, and so um, this is airing on Nadine's birthday. So happy early birthday, but happy birthday, Nadine. Um, and thank you for your willingness to spend some time with my listeners sharing your words of wisdom. And and um, it is one of the things that I cherish most about my friend is she is a, a true pillar of wisdom, like a rock. Um, and so hopefully I won't cry through the whole episode because already I'm – like tearing up just thinking about how much I miss you. But um, but Nadine, just uh, give our listeners a little a little intro, a little intro to you. Well, Tammy, <laughs> it's so good to see you first and foremost and to finally catch up. I know we've been talking about this for months now. So thank you so much for having me. Um, so a little bit about myself, born and raised in New York City. Um, my dad is Jamaican. My mom grew up with a Jewish faith. And so that was kind of fun growing up. I celebrate mm. Hanukkah and Christmas. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, hid the eggs for Easter and the matzah for Passover. Um, you know, I, early on, I fell in love with dance and my family was super supportive. And so um, I got an opportunity to really pursue that passion. My, I auditioned for uh, the High School of Performing Arts, Music and Arts, LaGuardia High School, also kind of known as a fame school Woo-hoo! if you are... Uh, our age. I don't know if the younger crowd really knows too much about fame, but I was a dance major there. I love that Um, fact about you. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was an experience for sure. Um, And, you know, ended up injuring my knee. um, And so kind of had a career shift. I wanted to say I live somewhere else than New York. So got accepted to University of Southern California. And so I went out there for college um, and thought, you know, had every intention to move back to New York when I graduated. I just wanted to say I lived somewhere else for four years, but ended up meeting my husband now when I was a freshman in college and fell madly in love. Um, And he's a California boy. And so ended up staying in California, never went back to New York. Uh, We've been married now for 25 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, they're all in college, sophomore, junior, and a super senior. Um, so, yeah, um, been kind of all over. Went from New York to California. Then we lived in Florida for a little bit. Now, believe it or not, we are in Las Vegas. So, yeah, working, believe it or not, in the ministry. So, um, 
my husband is a minister and um, for the last 25 years I've been by, by his side just trying to help um, build up our church and encourage people. Yeah. Which you you really have a, a beautiful way about you for that. So I'm so excited for our listeners to to get to hear all of this unravel. But um, also, additionally, so we've met in fitness. So in addition yeah. to working in the ministry and doing many other things that you've done, Nadine and I work for um, the spinning program together. And that's actually where we met. So it's so funny. You know, you've met a couple of my other fitness pros, but, you know, here we we get thrown together out in Venice Beach, California. At that time, you were in Florida. You know, we're all, like, nervous learning this thing. They send you to camp, and uh, you don't know who's who's going there or what's going to come out of it, but out of it came this beautiful friendship. I mean, we've – we've. Yeah, we kind of have a one-year reunion, and then a couple times we've stretched it to a little bit more because we've been at a few other conferences together, which is such a treat for us. But, you know, what we do is so intense, and we're together for these short but really impactful weekends, and and it's really incredible what's come out of it. So, um, so thank you because you have been such a beautiful gift to me from the spinning program, you know. That was something I didn't realize that I was getting when I stepped into – being a fitness professional, you know, taking our careers to the next level. So it's been really nice to, uh, to, to kind of be on that journey with you. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's, I mean, for the listeners, and it's just a side note, Tammy has no idea I'm going to say this, but <laughs> you have been incredibly like this driving force to help me to achieve a lot of things I didn't mm-hmm. even know I could achieve. I mean, you, you know, you know the story, but I had never in a million years that I'd be a master instructor for spinning. Um, it was just a venue that helped me kind of lose all my baby weight and kind of build back my confidence. And I actually um, only applied because I wanted a friend of mine to actually become a master instructor. And she wouldn't apply unless I did. But then, you know, fast forward, I got chosen and got a chance to meet you. But through that, we had so many opportunities to pursue other fitness and avenues for like whether it was cross core or body blade or yugi mm-hmm. and and a lot of those like I wouldn't have stepped out on you know if it wasn't for you saying you can do this you need to apply you'd be amazing at it and it's a it's like because of your friendship your belief um it's led me to you know amazing conferences and experiences and just uh, a different way of looking at things so thank you so much yeah, I mean, um, I'm always happy to be your cheerleader because I think you are so deserving and so talented. So it's been my pleasure. Yeah. And I know, so our listeners can only hear, Nadine and I get to look at each other because I like to Zoom and, and see my guests. But when we first met Nadine too, she's this tiny little, very <laughs> petite, but very strong. And she's a presence. So she's Mighty Mouse. And um, it's one of the things that's been so striking. But I'm sure as you, uh, as we have this conversation, you know, in your ministry work, like that's important to be able to be a voice and be a presence, even when someone sees you and they don't expect that, right? Because 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 you're you're tiny you're a tiny person but in a good way tiny like I love it but yeah but you have very strong presence um, I would love if you could just share a little bit about I, I hate to use the word normal but before kind of life turned upside down in the middle of March what was typically happening in your day you know what did your week look like how much time are you spending in the ministry versus some of the other duties that you do I know you work at other places and you know and then we're moms and we take care of houses and you know all of the other things like just a little overview of what like your normal life was like 
Great. Yeah. So it's been actually, before all this happened, a little bit of an exciting whirlwind because here in Vegas, our church family had for many years really wanted to purchase a building and we didn't have a building. So we were just renting out space. And so um, a year ago, we actually purchased a building in one part of town. And not only did we have that service at 10 a.m. We actually started having another service renting out a facility in another part of town. So we were, our building is kind of in the north part of Vegas. And then in the south part, it's called Henderson. So we were having a 10 a.m. service and a 3.30 service. Uh, my husband and I would go to both. He'd preach the same lesson, but the singing may be a little bit different. Um, during the week, we'd have a midweek service, uh, kind of like what we consider to be our family time where you know the members would uh, be there and and be a part of that, and we would just maybe do deeper teaching or um, talk about things that are going on in our spiritual family needs, just encouragement, just time to connect with one another to build each other up. Uh, throughout the week, there'd be times we'd have our staff meetings to kind of plan for what's going on in the month, any activities we have. Uh, preteen ministry, middle school, high school, campus, singles. Um, wow just an overview, like any, what's going right, what's going wrong, what's missing. Obviously there's lots of needs. We have a group of deacons. They work with benevolence. They work with um, grieving loss. Um, So we'd kind of have an update on all those things. Like, you know, who do we need to send flowers to help organize meals? We have small group leaders. So our church is about 220, but obviously if in order to feel like a family, you can't, it's hard to wrap your arms around 220 people. So we have these small group leaders that have chunks all throughout the Vegas Valley to be that family. And so um, those are really like the foot soldiers in a sense of the people that really uh, are the hands and the feet, but trying to train them, we'd have those small group leaders meetings. And so, yeah, day in, day out. I mean, each week looked a little different, but the consistent was our midweek services, our church services, our staff meetings, and really just trying to make sure that any needs that came up uh, were being met. Wow. So it's it's a lot, you know, some people just look at church and they'll say, oh, Sunday, you know, Sunday is the service. But, you know, when you're, when you're in charge and when you're organizing, like there are so many, like all of these groups that you've talked about, yeah, they, they happen in therapy and they happen in different congregations and different communities. And it, it is a lot to oversee um, all of these needs. And and we as humans certainly have a lot of, a lot of needs. Um, yes. Yeah. And then March happens and I don't know all of the rules and regulations that happen because every state was a little bit different, which is, is strange for people. I think when, when they're outside of the U S looking in, like, how is that different from that? But it, they've been a little bit different. So I'm not sure what was happening in Vegas at the time in the beginning. Were you, um, not in person right away? Were you still in person, but masked? Were you virtual only? Like what, tell me what was happening when everything sort of went down? Yeah. So like I was sharing, I feel like God really set us up for success because we had purchased this building. We moved into two services. We had just started to kind of play around with filming and streaming, like literally just a few weeks before things shut down. So yeah, when, when everything happened, everything was closed. And so it wasn't that we could meet at all. Um, and uh, Delano, my husband, initially had done a couple of things just from our home, but then we realized, well, we can use the building that we mm-hmm. have. And so, you know, little by little, it started off with just a lesson. Then we're like, hey, well, we can have 
maybe the singers and the worship team shoot on another time because again, you know, no groups, right? It was it had to be really separate. So we could do some filming at a different time. So they would film their singing and little by little, we had people, you know, offering their services to edit or to pull things together or to videotape. And so it's kind of been fun watching this thing progress, but we actually um, have been streaming our services uh, since probably the end of March. And our first in-person service is going to be in October. I know this is airing later, but, and it's no more than 50 people. You have to keep the social distancing. So we're going to see how it goes. We're going to see if there's um, a desire for it. I mean, right now, verbally, people really want to come back. And so obviously, because of the amount of limited people that can be a part of it, we're going to start it off at 10. Uh, People are registering, knowing that they need to wear masks, knowing that they need to have social distancing. And if more people are like, hey, we want to be a part of it, then we can maybe do a 10 a.m. and 11.30, or we can add times when we figure it out. But if like there's five, then there's five people. Like We're just going to see how it goes for the month of October and take it one Sunday at a time. Yeah, which I think is kind of our motto in life right now. If if ever we were flexible, it's definitely now, you know, if yes. if you're seeing five people in person and they're so excited to be there, it's 100% worth it, you know. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and if people aren't comfortable, you know, that's sort of where we are on this on this journey for and that's sure. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I that's important, you know, with everything, it's meeting people where they are and there's so much out there and going on and you don't want anyone to be uncomfortable. So so even for you, like how are you feeling about in person? Like I I know that you know, a lot of what you do and a lot of who we are, like aside from ministry work, we're people, people, you know, we're huggers mm-hmm. and we see each other and, you know, it's it's so intense when we're together and it's that, like that connection and now it is more distant. And I'm going to also give people like a little other fun fact about Nadine is she's not on social media, which is a pretty rare find in this <laughs> day and age. <laughs> and I admire her so much. <laughs> she really doesn't live under a rock. Like she does know what's going on. She's a really good communicator and a texter and a caller. Um, but she's made that, you know, that intentional decision to not be online, which is is hard for, you know, I just think like with our global community and what we do, um, you know, I'll always send her a note like, hey, I just saw this on Facebook. I know you're not there. So I want to make sure you know that this happened or that this person is doing this. Or So I'm, I'm usually that little voice. Which track. I totally appreciate, by the way. <laughs> But, um, you know, I know that, you, you know, for you and you, when all of this was going down and you are doing the services and you're retreating, like, how are you feeling about, you know, all of this sort of happening online? I mean, I know there's an excitement to do, to stepping up to the challenge and looking at delivering something in a different way, but how, like, how does it feel to now do what you do on a screen instead of in front of people? Very awkward and mm-hmm. uncomfortable and slightly disconnected for sure. But it's like, I know that I could focus in on that, or I could focus in on all the positive that has come from it. And some of the positive is, you know, like I mentioned, our church family is only about 220. And yes, we'd have friends and people in the community come to our services, but we've been able to reach so many more people like, you know, some of our numbers, like, 700, 800 views, you know, and it's like, we have family members we hear about that aren't even in our state that now tune in consistently, and it's helping them to feel connected to their 
kids or their sisters or brothers, you know, just something to talk about and relate to. And so in that way, it's been really powerful yeah, and inspiring. I love that. And it is, there, there are, you know, you have to always look for the silver lining. And I think you're, you're a person who's definitely good at that. I mean, I try to be too. It's not always easy, but, um, but yeah, we could stand up there and even just like you and I teaching a spinning ride, right? We could stand up there and be like, oh my God, I feel so awkward. I'm nervous, which we have, but like instantly you have to shut that off and then you have to look at the impact you're having. And so, yeah, that is really important to see how many more reaches you have, which, which it ultimately, especially in what you're doing, that's the goal, right? To right. spread the word and the love and the message and, um, yeah. yeah, to nurture more people. Um, Nadine goes up and down too. And I, I know this about you with how we take care of ourselves. So self-care obviously is our main topic of conversation on this, on this podcast. And, um, you know, there's patches in your life where we're really good and there's patches in our life where maybe we need to be a little bit better. And so where are you on the spectrum right now? How are, how are you feeling with all of that? I mean, you did, I, you had like a a little year, there was some crazy wonky health things that went on for not your, like just a silly thing that ended up not being silly. And, um, and so it's been a, you know, it's been hard to kind of rally back from that. And that took a little bit and, and, but that was a few years ago. And so where are you where are you right now? Yeah, I feel like at this moment, I'm in a really good place and it's encouraging. But someone had told me back in like April that this whole uh, time of sheltering in place that people were going to either be a hunk, a chunk, a drunk, or a monk. <laughs> and I think I became like a few of those things. Like a, c- a couple months ago, I realized I had gained 10 pounds. And um, you know, I was like, wait, how did this happen? Like, I feel like I'm still trying to move my body and do stuff. But um, yeah, I think it definitely took its toll. However, prior to realizing that I had gained some of that weight, my husband and I had been talking about for years, the need to or the desire to want to kind of do a Sabbath, and maybe not totally the biblical way of the Sabbath, but just having a day of rest, having a day of disconnecting from the busyness of life. And we started to implement like Sunday night to Monday night. And, you know, at first, it was challenging. It was challenging not to look at my phone or to feel like somehow I'm going to miss something important. But Mm. within a few weeks, I mean, it has been so good to be able to like leave my phone at home and go on a hike or, you know, to just go floating in our pool or to sit on the couch and reading a great book and really getting determined that on these Sabbaths to do something that is going to be beneficial, whether it's gaining knowledge or whether it's taking care of myself um, physically or uh, getting out. But um, it's been transformative in a lot of ways. And I think um, so at this moment, I feel more energized, not just physically, but spiritually and mentally and emotionally. Wow. It, it is such a hard thing for many of us to wrap our brain around. I, I'm just speaking truthfully, right? Just like you're saying, how do I, how do I not answer the phone? I have three kids. Like you have a whole 220 people that what if there's an issue and you need to, you know, we're, we're always so concerned with the what if, what what will I miss? What will I miss? And, it, and it's from a good place, right? So it's because mm-hmm. we're givers, you're a giver and it's, you know, that importance, but wow, what a gift to yourself to take that step back. And I think how beautiful that you're doing it together, right? So oftentimes self-care is something we do 
by ourselves, right? Because it is about ourselves, but this is also something you're doing together. So can you just maybe share anything about that? Yes. So, you know, when our, when we became empty nesters a little over a year and a half ago, Delon and I realized soon after, like we needed to kind of try to figure out a new rhythm in life. But again, like there was so much going on with our church and, you know, services and, and we had a new website and hiring staff and it's just busy. And so what's been so great about this time is we will try to spend our Sabbaths together. Now it's not always the whole Sabbath. Like we will do things that each of us enjoy if it's something separate, but so there's that freedom to, Mm -hmm. Hey, if, if he wants to, you know, go work out or, you know, and I want to sit and read, or if I want to take a nap, it's like, we're not joined at the hip, but I think we've been really good at being intentional in like, we subscribe to like one of those food delivery services that does organic food and just cooking together. Um, you know, cause sometimes it'll be like, oh, he would just cook or I'll just cook. Or, mm-hmm. um, one of the big things we have Mount Charleston, which, you know, being in Vegas, we hit triple digits and it's a dry heat. And so what's so nice about Mount Charleston is it's like 20 degrees cooler. And so even when it's a hundred here, it's like 80 there and it's only 30 minutes away. And so we like have been driving there and finding new trails and hiking together. And, um, sometimes we're hiking in silence for a while. And sometimes we pray together and sometimes we just talk about what's on our hearts or, you know, what we're feeling, but it's just this time of being able to reflect and just enjoy and be aware of what's around us. Wow. I love and admire so much of that. I think, you know, many of us say we want to do that, but it's hard to put it into practice. So I commend you for taking that step because it's not easy. And, and, you know, with the confession, it takes a couple weeks to start to make it feel comfortable, but I love that you're in that groove. And it is one of those things, again, the silver lining, like maybe it's something when, when life starts to get back and more hectic and we're taking the masks off and doing more of our stuff together, maybe this doesn't go away and and you're able to hold on to it, which would be really special. That's, that's definitely the goal. And you know, what's really been cool about the church family, like you were saying, I kind of felt like, how is this going to work out? Like, this is not okay. Or, you know, I might miss something major because there's always so much going on. But, you know, I have this little message on my phone about, you know, how it's like, I say, I don't say my Sabbath, I say it's like my day off, but we've shared with the church family during our midweeks, like, this is what we want to do. And, you know, at first, people would sometimes forget and send a text or call. But like, now, honestly, I don't have like it's, it's normally someone from out of state or someone who doesn't like hardly anybody ever calls or texts anymore because like they me. all really honor that. <laughs> I, I think I texted during that, <laughs> but still it's like, but they really honor it, which is makes me feel even that much more cared for. Like, it's not something where people are like, that's not okay. I think people really do want to support us, you know, in what we're striving to do, but we just have to have the right healthy boundaries. Mm. It's such a great thing to role model too for your community that you do play important roles. Like he is the head of the church, right? You are his right hand and you are a part of everything, but but that you are giving yourselves permission, which in turn gives your community permission. And, you know, I think more people need to see that. So it it definitely is something that you do for yourself, but I think it's one of those ripple effects, you know, even your children. How do they, do yes. they text you all day long on your- No, they don't. Actually, they don't. They know. And and my youngest, uh, Dylan, actually, he says that he, he tries to take a Sabbath. His days change just because his schedule with school and 
and so forth is a little bit more challenging and maybe it's not a whole day, but he definitely will try to disconnect because he has, I guess, seen the benefits it's, it's had on his dad and myself. Um, you know, all, all the time that they were growing up, Delano and I did have personal retreats. Um, that was something that we did start implementing. And those would be times where we'd get away for two or three days and disconnect as well. But, um, you know, Delano might try to do it twice a year. Most of the time it was just once. And every time we'd come back, our kids could see and feel a difference in our energy and what we were able to give. Because, as you know, you can't give what you don't have. And so for Dylan especially, I think that's something that he wants to just have in his life forever. So, uh, you know, whether it's hours, whether it's a day, whether it's a few days. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And so good because he's young. And so for him to have that thought and to start that habit now is really, truly a gift for him to, to be able to carry through, which is amazing. Um, and so I, <laughs> you're such a good listener, you know, and, and, uh, you know, when we're away at our conferences and we're having like a glass of wine at the end of the night and everyone's like Nadine and, you know, true confession and we're telling our stories and asking for advice. And so I know that I know what a good listener you are and, and how how you don't just sit with somebody, you know, and, and that's important, holding space and sitting, but how thoughtful you are um, in your response and, and just the interaction. And, and I so admire that. And I'm sure that that's one of the reasons why you have such a strong church community and such an important role that you play. So can you just talk a little bit about maybe some things that you do overall in your general life, not just because, you know, we're in crazy times, but people come to you all the time. Like you carry a lot of information, sorrow, grief, burdens, like you are the keeper of a lot of people's things, you know, they come to you. So how do you, how do you keep your feet grounded? How do you put a smile on your face and then just cook your dinner and eat your meal? Like what, what do you do? Do you have any secrets? Like, or what is it like for you? I guess you don't have to know everything, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's, no, that's a really good question. Yeah. And it is hard. Um, so I know I journal, I try to write out my feelings. Um, prayer is huge. You know, I think the older I get, the more I find myself praying through the day and it's not just, you know, on my knees or in my little quiet room. It can be in the car. It can be before I go into a grocery store. It's like, you know, just for strength, for compassion, for wisdom, for empathy, for joy. Um, my Bible, you know, I, it's so crazy because you know this, like I didn't, even though I, I was exposed to faith, you know, with my mom, um, you know, having a Jewish faith or being raised with a Jewish faith, I used to say, and my dad had a more Christian-based faith. They didn't really practice their faith. So I was exposed to it, but it was more like I was exposed to it so I could be more well-rounded, <laughs> mm -hmm. not because it was anything that either one of them felt like I needed to have or I should choose. Um, my mom actually it claims to be an atheist. So, you know, it's like I'm exposed to, you know, my whole family is all different, right? <laughs> so I never in a million years, like, thought I would be married to a minister. Like, that's a joke, right? And if anybody has met, you know, you know me, but me, my husband, like, no one would ever be like, oh, yeah, you're a minister's wife at all. <laughs> like, I am a hot mess. Um, but I, I feel like the, the Bible is really, um, has helped. It, it gives it's for me there's so much truth and when I apply it it gives me peace um 
Let's see, some other things that really help is just outside things, listening to podcasts or motivational YouTube videos or people that it's that I think the whole thing about the mind, you know, you and I talk about it. We have talked about it over the years, the mind body mm-hmm. connection, oh right? So, yep. you know, people feel like, oh, you're healthy if you look a certain way. And it's like health is so much bigger than, you know, the size of your genes or what you eat. It's, you know, you can look a certain way and, and you can look like you belong on the cover of muscle and fitness, but if you hate your neighbor, you're not healthy. You know what I mean? And so like, where's our mind and what are we dwelling on and what are we thinking about? And um, I don't know, it's not so much about what we can get in this life or what we can give. And so the more I feel like I, I can give and serve, it's like, it's really fulfilling. So yeah, you pour yourself out and um, I don't think there's ever like this perfect balance, but I, I think uh, for me, it's my faith definitely helps. My spiritual family definitely helps. My friendships help. And just trying to navigate each day as it comes. Yeah. I've always admired you because, you know, we room together at our conference. And so- Every year. You know, every year. <laughs> and, you know, I'm up and I'm like studying my notes and and I'm a nervous wreck. And, and not that you're not too when you're you know, presenting and both of us feel like, ah, but the first thing you do really is you open your Bible and I've, it's just such a beautiful practice and I've seen it, right? So it's not just something that you and I talk about, we're friends, oh yeah, but I've watched you and I I watch you have this practice and it really is, it's really something I admire, you know, it's, it's hard for everybody to stay so true to themselves and so authentic and through all of the ups and downs that I know we both had in, in everything that's happened, like it's, it's really nice to see that constant and how it has helped you. Cause I, I'm going to laugh about this. I'm so sorry. When your house was sinking, when your foundation was sinking, like you've had oh some like crazy things happen. But I yeah. feel like you've been able to still like take that step back and and go to your faith, which sometimes when we have a lot of these things, we lose it. And I just want to admire you for that. I don't know if there's a, a again a a key to that or what helps you keep going, but but it's not easy to be you know that consistent. So you're doing something thank right. You. Well, thank you. I mean, I you know when you it's like like for you and your like yoga practice or. Um, things that you do for yourself it's like you know you need it like it's it's almost like you won't be yourself so it's like can you get away yeah. with not doing it sure but it's almost like you're cutting off your nose to spite your face like you're you're gonna have one arm tied behind your back so it is for me like it's not just it's not what I do it's who I am right it's breath it's like I, I have to and so some days of course like any other or deeper and more inspiring and other days it's like man I'm having a hard time focusing and and taking this scripture or knowing what to do with this but um yeah but like you and in your practice it's like you just you 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 do you for that day yeah it's okay yeah that's such a great point and I love that it's not what you it's not what I do it's who I am and I think that you know you and I both are at this point in our life where we do know like what we need in order to be the humans we want to be because we want to impact other people and be able to be good friends. And if we're not, if we're not being true to ourselves, then that's not going to happen, you know, and, and you live that every day, obviously with, you know, the role you play in your community, which, which is kind of crazy. 
Um, <laughs> have you noticed any shifts in, I guess I'm going to say your energy with having to do more service online and, and, you know, I think you're, you've always been really good about not spending too much time online. And now, I mean, I notice a difference. I'm definitely way more online than I ever was. Um, it's impacting me and I, and I like to say, I feel it energetically, right? So I guess that's my word to describe it. Have you noticed anything with, with any of that or? Yes. So initially, because I'm so disconnected, I was like all excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at all the people I can talk to at one time. And it went like way extreme to the point where like, I honestly, I started thinking like, I need to get my eyes checked. Like my, (laughs) my, my eyes are getting blurry and I'm really like, I have headaches and I'm getting tired and really exhausted. And just because more people in our fellowship were home, I, I started out like this is an example I want to give. There's a, a friend, a woman in our church. I mean, we're not like the best of friends, but we're definitely close. And so we talked one day and then she's like, hey, we should do this again. And so we talked again the next week and next. And each time it got longer and longer, like the first time was maybe 35 minutes and it was like 45, then an hour. And so anyway, by the time it was like the third or fourth week, she's like, hey, next week, um, can you plan on an hour and a half? And I'm like, oh, do, do you have something you want to talk to me about? And she's like, no, I just enjoyed talking to you. And I really don't have anything else to do. And I didn't know what to say. Like, to me, it was like, okay, now this is where it's starting to, like, how do you say, I didn't know how to say no. Like, yeah. I do enjoy talking to you too. But now it's like, you're not the only person that's home. You're not the only person that has needs. And I'm like, but how do you address that? And trying to figure out, like, I'm home too, especially when we are in shelter in place. So what is this? gonna look like for me because as much as I do want to meet needs and love people like there's only so much and so some of it had to go into having those honest conversations I did I just had to talk to her that phone saying I really do love you I hope you know that but it's a lot you know in a given day for me with any one person she's like oh girl I totally understand no I'm grateful you told me that no worries just whenever you have time I I would love just to connect and so that was helpful but just being honest with people I had people say okay zoom at this time and I'm like you know what can we just talk over the phone like I just want to have be able to like close my eyes or not be so engaged like just whatever it was so for me I don't know there definitely were times of it being energetic and then it was incredibly draining um and now I think I've kind of found this really you know decent balance where uh, some days are busier than I would like, but then if that's the case, then I make sure the next day is not the same. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's definitely the, the two extremes where in the beginning, you know, everyone was zoom happy houring and you're seeing people that you didn't see before and people were having these grand reunions. And then it was like two weeks later, we were like, oh my God, wait, I have to see who on zoom now. Like it, it just, <laughs> it was, it just became like so much so soon. And it, and it was initially that novelty, which is great that, you know, you can have the conversation, but it, it can be a burden. And, um, I think for all of us, always boundaries are hard, but yeah, for sure. There was no excuse. And I I noticed that with work, you know, your, your home and your office is your kitchen now. So I was like, I felt like I always had to be working and, uh, you know, Mm. oh, okay, well I'll just pop in the office and look at my computer. You know, I were before I wouldn't do that before, you know, I went into the office. I didn't have my computer on. I did my workout. I did my thing. Now I find, you know, all of a sudden it's 11 o'clock and at breakfast while I was eating, I turned it on at 7.30 and oh my gosh, I never stopped, right? So I think, yeah, boundaries are definitely something we need to be setting more, you know, for for our own mental health and well-being. Oh my gosh. Um, I have one final thing that I would like to 
just ask you. And sure. This is one thing that uh, I try to articulate. I feel like I can't. It's it's so important to me, <laughs> but it's so hard to like get the language out for this. So you are one of my best friends, and I know what you're like as a as a best friend, and I know who you are and how you treat people and how you react. So, um, are you a best friend to yourself? And and you know how how does how do you think of yourself when you think of that, and how how does that work? You know, because I know how you treat me. So. Aww. Well, thank you. You know, that's such an interesting question. I've never heard someone phrase something like that. But I would say at this moment, I am learning how to be that. And, I, and I'm and i growing in that. And I haven't, as you know, always felt this way. Mm-hmm. I think there are many, many years of um, picking myself apart, finding the areas that I fall short, comparing myself to others and their abilities, wishing that I was different, wishing I was better, wishing I was fill in the blank. But Mm -hmm. I'm in this place where I'm like, hey, there's no other me. Like, you know, the God that created the sun, the moon, the stars, the mountains felt like the world needed you, Tammy. The world needed me. Like there may be someone with the same name, but not you. And so like i don't want to be a copycat of someone else. Like, you know, we all are born unique, but I think unfortunately we die as copycats a lot of times or, you know, trying to imitate other people instead of just being ourselves and, and developing that, whatever that may be, you know? And so I feel like right now this time has really been good for me and I feel like I am growing and, and honoring and, caring for and respecting myself. Mm. Which is so important. I, and I think, you know, you and I can both attest, you know, as we age, it's it's not easy. It's it's definitely, it's something you have to work on every day, like your marriage, you know, being your own best friend, you know, it's so easy to be our harshest critic. And, and we both know that, right? And I think too, when you move into the fitness world, there's definitely a, a lot of that as well, because there's a lot of pressure to lurk, look a certain way and to perform a certain way. And um yeah, and we definitely, I think, do ourselves more harm than good sometimes. So I know for me, it's something that I've I've been working on too. And I, it had struck me. I read something about, you know, it was something about treating yourself like you would treat a friend, and it just made me step back and think. Oh, I pride myself on being a good friend. You know, that's important to me, and I love my people. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think that I'm I'm acting the same to myself. I don't think I hold mm. myself to the same standard or treat myself the same way. And so, yeah, it's not easy. That's for powerful. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and I have definitely had, like, that's one of my things that I look so much forward to when we room together. We have some really good conversations. But truth be told, I oftentimes fall asleep on Nadine. That is middle. so true. Like, I would pour out my heart, listeners, and I'd be like, Tammy, Tammy, and there'd just be deep breaths. But it was still cathartic, just being able to be open and get it out. So you know. I'm a really good sleeper, for those of you who don't know that about me. And um, <laughs> it's really tiring. And so once I lay down, my body's like, oh, yay, we get to go to sleep. Um, and so there have been many nights where, unfortunately, I feel bad that I've fallen asleep on some of our good conversations. But <laughs> But it would be like summer camp. It was like the highlight of just being able to do these conferences because we would work all day and be exhausted and, you know, the lights would be off and we'd just be catching up on our our lives and sharing. And so, yeah, good times, good times. 
Yeah. And so um, you for sure have definitely been such a good support system to me throughout our journey together. Like, do you, who, who do you use as your support? Like, I know, I know you have your faith and, and obviously that's always there, but have um, like, especially in these times, do you have any, any special supporters that are out there for you? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like in every area. Um, so in our church family, I have just some amazing friends, some older women that I feel like just make life fun that help me to keep mm. perspective, not take things so seriously. Um, uh, my, my physical sister, my sister lives in New York and, um, we don't get a chance to see each other as much as we'd like to, but we even started having consistent weekly times to catch up when before it'd be like, you could just kind of catch up when you can. Um, so that's been really neat just to reconnect. And, uh, she actually may be trying to come out to visit in the next, well, before the end of the year is the goal. So we'll see what happens with that. But, um, awesome. I, you know, obviously Delano, I mean, you you go through stuff with people as you know i mean our listeners don't totally know the whole story but you know my husband has battled with mental illness and i had my own health issues with a minor surgery on my leg that went really bad where i got a staph infection and mm. you know life happens and um but i think going through these things together has definitely caused our relationship to go deeper um than it ever has and so the things that you feel like could I mean, I'm sure it can possibly tear you apart. If you allow them, they can really tie you even closer together. Yeah, which is uh, something that I always think about with you. I, f- I feel like, you know, you, you've had some things, you know, that, that have really, they can shake you, but you've found a way to grow stronger from it and, and through it. And um, yeah, and I always love that about you. Oh my gosh. It's so good to see your face and to talk with you. Oh, and you. and I'm so happy to share you with my listeners. And I know that they'll love your words of wisdom and your Sabbath. I really, I want to challenge people to to try it. I, I mean, it's it's not easy, even a half day, right? How we always look at, you know, New Year's resolutions and how we, we bite off too big of a chunk and we're not successful. So if a 24-hour Sabbath doesn't sound manageable, maybe it's, you know, three hours, which is big for a lot of us right now. So, so thank you for sharing that and, and all that you've had to offer and, um, and just for being you. I really, I really appreciate you in my life. And, uh, it's sad. I feel the same and I'm incredibly (laughs) humbled to even be asked to do this. So thank you for taking the time to record me. I, it's it's kind of mind boggling, but I'm, I'm honored. Wait, Nadine's like, why do you want me? <laughs> yes, yes. I love you, Nadine. Thank you. I love you too, Tammy. Thank you so much, my friends, for tuning in to the conversation with Nadine this week. My thanks for your time with Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. I would be nothing if it weren't for my team, executive producer David DeRoche, producer Michael Bachman, Heather Popovics, who does such a great job with our social media, and our theme music that is written by Scott Holmes. To learn more about our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast, and you can listen to all our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. You can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at QU Podcasts, 
And please feel free to send us an email at qupodcasts at qu.edu. So next week's episode, episode 14, will air just before Thanksgiving. And it's an episode that is very dear to my heart. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I am so very grateful for the time that I've had with this guest. So please tune in next week to share this special conversation with us. I promise you will leave with lots of information and a warm heart. And until next week, my friends, be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your own best friend.